Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Studios. This is the American Gun Show, presented by Sig Sauer. Now your host, the defender of your rights, and the voice of freedom, Jason Reed. All right, folks, and welcome in to the Freedom 515 Studios, right here in North Judson, Indiana, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. I am your host, Jason Reeve, the voice of freedom. This is the American Gun Show, and we are going to have a lot to talk about here today. Uh, the enemies of our freedom are still coming after us, even after the events of this weekend. And we're going to go in depth about that. I'm going to welcome in my guest, Nick Messer, the voice of freedom. Welcome to the show, Nick. Hey, how you doing? Well, doing great. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, over the weekend, uh, this is, uh, let me pull up the story here from uh, Fox News, because there was an update that came out today from the Greenwood shooting, which took place in Greenwood, Indiana, not far from us here in northwestern Indiana. Uh, it took uh, a 22-year-old Good Samaritan, 15 seconds to neutralize a man who opened fire in a shopping mall in Greenwood. And, you know, I was asking around the other day, and this was the same mall that my sister-in-law went to when she was down in Indianapolis doing training for her government job. So this goes to show you 15 seconds is all it takes. A good guy with a gun stopped a mass shooter. In 15 seconds, he fired, didn't even get through his full magazine, He, but he was able to injure three and kill three in that 15 seconds before this 22-year-old man ended it with a pistol. He fired eight shots at 40 yards. I'm going to say that again for you folks at home. Eight or 10 shots. I don't mean 10. Eight's how many hit. He fired 10 shots at 40 yards. Eight of them hit. This guy is being hailed as a hero by the mall superintendent, the Greenwood police chief, and the community at large. Nick, does this not go to go to show you and everybody out there that's watching or listening that when seconds count, the police are minutes away? Absolutely. I mean, that's exactly what it is. You know, the fact of the matter stands is, is that, you know, um, like we were talking about just a few minutes ago, you know, when we when we get on here and we start talking about a good guy with a gun, we're not talking about police and military. This is what we're talking about. 
the Good Samaritan was a good guy with a gun. And he's it, it, 15 seconds. Yeah, 15 seconds. He put a stop to this mass shooting. And if he would not have been there, how many more countless lives would have been ruined? How many countless more people would have been injured? Absolutely. It could have been that the police did note that the suspect was armed with a hundred rounds of ammunition. Yes. He had two AR 15 style rifles and a hundred rounds worth of ammunition. Uh, actually, this is what um, the police chief said, quote, many more people would have died last night. If not for a responsibly armed citizen who took action within the first two minutes of this shooting, and then, of course, as we find out today, as they analyze the video and everything, it was 15 seconds. Look at the damage that was caused in 15 seconds. And I know, I know some gun control people are going to say, well, you see, this is all well, the more reason why we need to ban them. Well, let's keep in mind, folks. It doesn't matter how many ammunition, how much ammunition somebody has. What matters is the time that an armed response gets there. Yes. And I will tell you right now, the high profile, this is, this has been the most high profile instance of a good, of a, of a good responsibly armed American citizen stopping a threat. This has been the most high profile, uh, uh, case of that. And that's very important because that's going to tell all of the other people in the state of Indiana that listen Indiana citizens won't stand for, for for your shenanigans. All right, you try this, we will put you down. You know, we've had a lot of people on social media who have been uh, going around saying, well, there was 400 good guys in Evaldi, Texas, and so look what happened there. Yeah, you know what the biggest difference between this guy and the 400 police officers in Evaldi, Texas is? The 400 police officers in Evaldi, Texas were cowards. Yes, they were armed with the exact same type of rifle that the shooter in Avaldi had. They had ballistic shields. They're wearing body armor. And they refused to engage the suspect. This 22-year-old boy was armed with a handgun and regular street clothes. Yep. And engaged a suspect with a rifle. That's the biggest difference. It's like Paul Markle said, 400 police officers in Evaldi won't confront in a shooter. We need more armor. We need we need more weaponry before we 22 year old kid in Indiana. I got this. Right. And I mean, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and go into it. Let's 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 be absolutely honest about this 15 seconds. All right. Let's talk about this for just a second. What this this responsibly armed American did in 15 seconds. So. In 15 seconds, he recognized a threat, all right, started ushering people to safety, pushed his girlfriend out of the way, drew, and put eight rounds on, and, and, and put eight out of ten rounds on target. That's 80% accuracy in a high-stress situation. At a long distance. At 40 yards in 15 50 seconds. Yard, 50 yards is generally your fall-off for... That is your effective range of a handgun. And he's mm -hmm. at 40 yards and put eight shots on target. That is phenomenal shooting. Mm -hmm. 
And this kid has no military background, no police background. We don't know if he took a NRA course, a USCCA course or whatever. Right. For all we know, this could have been a, a kid that's been shooting since he was six years old. Potentially, yeah. The fact of the matter is this 22-year-old boy, and I say kid because I'm 41. He's right. a kid to me. Right. I'm old enough to be his dad. So This kid put a stop to this. And good on him for doing so. And yeah, he's being touted as a hero, and he should be touted as a hero because the fact that, I mean, if he does not get a key to the city in Greenwood, I, I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. But the mayor, the mayor, the police chief, the uh, Eric Holcomb even came out, our governor even came out and said, this kid stopped a deadly situation, and thank God he was there. Mm-hmm. Because if he wasn't, God knows how bad it could have been. Now, I've never been to the Greenwood Mall. I don't know how big it is. If it's anything like the South Lake Mall, that's a pretty big mall. And I do kind of want to bring this up, too, just because I want to hammer this point home. One of the other things that they uh, so so the original report was that this took two minutes and then they had to make an update to it and say that it happened in 15 seconds. Um, You know what else was updated? So um, he didn't he did not have a carry permit. He was exercising his right to constitutionally carry that just passed 18 days prior. Yeah. At the time that this happened, it it was July 17th. Now, of course, we're coming to you three days later because we weren't scheduled to be on air till Wednesday. Right. But on Sunday night when this occurred, uh, that was 17 days after constitutional carry began in the state of Indiana. And all the gun control proponents and, you know, you, you know, who you know, who's probably got a lot of egg on their face right now. Shannon Doug Watts? Carter. Oh, Doug no. Carter. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to Shannon Watson a little bit. Okay. No, I'm Doug looking Carter. forward to that. No, Doug Carter, because Doug Carter mm-hmm. was the one who came out vehemently against constitutional carry. Right. 17 days into constitutional carry being active. It's already stopped a mass shooting. And yet. They all said that blood was going to run in the streets because of constitutional carry. It was going to turn into, quote unquote, the Wild West. Right. Exactly. And yet, 17 days into it, some guy decides to get stupid. And, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to go do a mass shooting. And now he's taking a forever nap. Right. And And I can tell you this right now. I hope it hurt. A 22-year-old constitutionally carrying young man put him in a forever box. And like I said, I hope it hurt when he got shot because you know what? You try to deprive an individual of their life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, you lose all three of the above instantly. Yep. So I I hope it hurt the entire time. And, you know, A.W.R. Hawkins made a very good point. He said, call mama and tell him I'm not going to be home for dinner. Call this boy's mama and tell him he ain't going to be home for dinner because this is what you get. Like what you pointed out earlier, we are not going to take this in Indiana. No. You want to come in and do harm to fellow Hoosiers? I guarantee you there's going to be a Hoosier that's going to whip out a gun and put you down. Yes. Because we were already the number two state in concealed carry permits. Right. The only state that was ahead of us was Alabama. So many Hoosiers were carrying to begin with. 
And now we've removed the government permission to carry your firearm right? the way it should be. This is the exact reason that it should be. And this goes to illustrate a, a big point that you pointed out earlier, Nick. The states that have constitutional carry, you ain't seeing in mass shootings like this happening. Not anymore. In it the happens. states that have permitted, mm-hmm. you're seeing mass shootings. But where it's gone constitutional carry, it's happened once or twice. The shooter gets put down quickly and efficiently by a civilian with a firearm, and they go, wait a minute, this ain't working here. We're not doing this anymore. The people that are considering it better re- rethink it. Mm-hmm. They, they better rethink their, their thought process on it because I pointed out on this show already, we have more mass shootings in the state of California than any other state in the in the country. Yes. And California also is number one for gun control laws. Right. So if gun control is working, because this is, this is something else, this is a tweet that uh, Chris Brown from the Brady campaign put out. Let me be clear. If guns made us safe, America would be, be the safest country in the world. I said, okay, if gun control works, California, Los Angeles, Chicago, Baltimore, St. Louis, Detroit, Oakland would be the safest cities we have. Correct. But they're not. But they're not. No. Did you see, but and now I'm going to take this to the break. Did you see that NASCAR is going to be racing in the streets of Chicago for the next three years? No. Yeah. Lori Lightfoot. Uh, struck a deal with NASCAR. They are going to have a street road course race in the city of Chicago next year and two years after that. So, like a straight up like Need for Speed Underground street race. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna block off streets and like what they do in the IndyCar series. They're gonna block off uh, certain streets. Lakeshore oh, Drive is gonna, gonna be, be awesome. Off, and they're gonna be racing on it. And you know, I looked over at Sammy. You know what I said? I hope none of them get shot. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I mean. The, the motto would be in, cool to see the, the motto in Chicago now is, uh, you know, uh, come to Chicago stay cause you got shot. Yeah. Stay cause you can't leave cause you got shot. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's something that, uh, is going to be interesting to see, uh, next year. I've always, um, I've always made the comment that I thought it would be awesome, um, to see them, uh, like NASCAR do something like Indianapolis, the 465 bypass around Indianapolis, if they could like shut that off for a Sunday and do like a, a five lap race. Cause it's like 50 miles around Indianapolis just to see them yeah. do like a five lap race around Indianapolis. I thought that would be cool. Apparently they're going to be shutting off Lakeshore drive and a couple of the other streets to make, uh, make it a road course. And I guess they will be, I guess we'll wait and see how that plays out next year. Hey, that, I'll be honest with you. That sounds really interesting. Sounds like it would actually be a really good time. Yeah, I'm just not going because I don't want to get shot. Right. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd love to go up to that race. I just don't want to get shot. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. 
Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. And I can't defend myself in Illinois, so right, you know, meets the whole purpose of going. All right, folks, we're going to take a time out. When we get back, we're going to put the anti-gun spin on this uh, shooting incident. Hello, folks. Jason Reeve here. If you're looking for a great firearm, Six Hour is a great place to start. SIG is the makers of the P320 and the P365. In fact, the P320 has replaced the M9 as the sidearm of the United States Army. But SIG just doesn't make pistols. Oh no, they make shotguns, bolt-action rifles, and semi-automatic rifles, all to fit your firearm's needs. And if you're looking for training, well, you can sign up for the SIG Sauer Academy. Visit SIGSauer.com to browse firearms or sign up for training. That's SIGSauer.com. SIG Sauer. Never settle. The Freedom 515 movement is an opportunity for Americans to stand together for our constitutional rights, freedom, and civil liberties. We will no longer accept a government that does not work for the people, and we will not accept a media agenda aimed at dividing this country. The time to take a stand in solidarity with your fellow patriots is now. Join us. This peaceful movement is a transpartisan one. As long as you agree that we need and deserve better from our representatives and our government, you have a home here. Visit www.freedom515.com to sign up for email notifications or to join. That website is freedom515.com. The SAF is the most important gun rights organization in existence. Don't believe me? They are responsible for 80% of gun rights cases making their way through the courts right now, fighting to protect your right to keep and bear arms. Still don't believe me? Then head on over to saf.org where you can read about the current cases open right now. You can also join the fight or donate to the cause. Protecting your rights, one lawsuit at a time. Visit saf.org today. This is Erin, founder of Freedom 515, and you're listening to The American Gun Show. Now back to Jason Reeve. All right, folks, welcome back to the show. And this is the following statement from Brady. This was a press release on July 18th, the day after the shooting in Greenwood. Uh, Washington, D.C., July 18th, 2020. Following the shooting at Greenwood Park Mall in Greenwood, Indiana, Brady urges state leaders and elected officials at every level of government to adopt common sense gun violence prevention policies that will protect Americans in public spaces. Hmm. Yeah. Always, always, we got to adopt common sense gun legislation. Never, never. The enemies of your freedom never stop coming after you folks. The fact of the matter stands is, is the most common sense a gun legislation that you could pass would be constitutional carry, allowing the intended victims to be able to defend themselves. That's That's common sense. That's what it should be. Uh, Brady President Chris Brown shared, quote, 
This shooting underscores the danger that the national, the nation under addresses gun violence crisis poised to all Americans as we attempt to go about our daily lives. No one should fear for their safety on a Sunday trip to the mall, yet hundreds of people in Indiana are now traumatized, and three are dead and two injured because we failed to take action to address gun violence for decades. It's a stroke of luck that a fellow visitor at the mall was able to neutralize the shooter as we know that multiple studies over numerous years show that the, the gu good guy with a gun is a myth. Pushed by the gun lobby and the vanishing few active shooter situations are resolved by armed citizens. That does not minimize the heroism that this man saved many lives with quick and brave action. However, the lives and safety of the general public cannot be subject to the possibility and probability that someone around them is armed and able to intervene in an active shooter situation. Any lives taken unnecessarily due to unfettered access to firearms shows a systematic failure by our leaders to enact upstream solutions to prevent these tragedies before they occur. By preventing gun violence in the first place with common sense policies that are shown to work, we can avoid these crises and tragedies entirely. Those are solutions that Americans want, and that is the safe future and reality that we all deserve. End quote. <clears throat> Nick, would you like to go ahead and respond to that? I mean, okay, so uh, just like we touched on in the previous segment, okay, if, this, if these things have been de demonstrated to work, then why are the most dangerous cities in the United States the cities that have these policies already on the books? Yeah, we just had a mass shooting two weeks ago in uh, Highland Park, Chicago, mm -hmm. and they have every gun control that these people are pushing at the national level. Because yes. you know what they'll say? Because you know what they'll say? Well, it doesn't work unless it's federalized. Yeah, but it's, yeah, that's your it being federalized is irrelevant because the only reason why that you could make the claim that it's that it needs to be federalized is if you wanted to try to blame the neighboring states, which we already know by statistics, that's untrue. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I like her, her statement of the, pr we, we shouldn't have to subject ourselves to the possibility and probability that somebody's armed that'll be around us armed. Um, yeah. If you just made it so that you could be armed, there you you're not subjected to the possibility. You now could let, make it a guarantee. Let's keep this in mind, folks. Chris Brown hates you. She hates that she hates the Second Amendment. Mm -hmm. If the Second Amendment was gone, she'd be happy. Yeah. Chris Brown's world of no guns are a good thing. And yet we know that not to be the case. Again. How long would it take in the Greenville Police Department to show up? God knows how long. We know mall cops aren't allowed to be armed. So right. what, good are, what good are their mall cops? And then we go to Shannon Watts. Our, our <laughs> I was favorite, waiting on this one. A fa our favorite demanding mom here in Indiana who said right after the shooting occurred at 2227. So that's 1027 if you don't speak military time. She said, quote, I don't know who needs to hear this, but a 22-year-old 
illegally brings a loaded gun into a mall and kills a mass shooter armed with an AR-15 after he already killed three people and wounded others is not a ringing endorsement of the Second Amendment. Yeah, I just want to uh, just just to clarify there, Miss Watts, because I'm sure you're watching. I'm uh, you are going to hear this at some point. Um, just so you know, that's defamation of character, and we have receipts because well, he was not illegally Guy carrying. Guy Refford, uh, prominent Second Amendment attorney here in Indiana, uh, looks like he is going to file a defamation suit. He put out on his Facebook earlier today, and I got a chance to talk with him. And uh, he said, I need the shot because Guy Redford is obviously banned from Shannon Watts's right uh, account like I am. But I, mm-hmm. I have ways of getting I have ways of getting there. Right. Um, and Shannon put that out. And Guy Redford said, did she not learn anything from Nick Sandman and Kyle Rittenhouse? No, not at it's all. It's the same thing. It's the same thing over and over again. Shannon Watts does not care about the fact that a armed civilian was there and put a stop to this, that there wasn't more loss of life. It's actually the opposite. Shannon Watts is more upset that an armed citizen stopped this because now she can't push her gun control. Right. She wanted more death. Shannon Watts is the type of person that wants your kids to be shot in schools. Shannon Watts is the person who wants you to be shot in malls. Shannon Watts is the person that wants you to be shot just walking down the street minding your own business. Because if those shootings stop, guess what? She can't push her gun control. Now, of course, Shannon Watts makes an ass of herself every time she opens her mouth. That's why it's so much fun to do this. Mm -hmm. Because Shannon Watts is an idiot. She says that he illegally carried a gun in a mall. Now, the mall did have no guns allowed sign. In the state of Indiana, that does not carry the weight of law. And not only that, not only that, but Simon Properties does not have a standing policy. That policy is left up to the individual sites to set policy. So that being said, that could change at any time. And obviously it has changed because if they really wanted to make a big deal about it, they could trespass him. But he's getting kudos from the mall superintendent. On top of everything else. So the mall has no concern at all whatsoever for the fact that he was carrying a firearm and they are glad that he was there. Right. But the, the thing that I'm trying to say here is that they, the gu- anti-gun groups are going, he was illegally carrying a gun in there. What the hell do you think the shooter was doing? Right. And that's the argument you're making. You see, they always focus on the good guy. They never, it's more... I'm getting so sick and tired of this. Angry Jason is about to come out of the box here. I'm getting so sick and tired of this victim shaming mentality in our country. Yes. I'm tired of it. It's this whole concept of, oh, well, she was wearing a really good skirt and did her hair. That's why she got raped. Maybe that she wouldn't have did that. This wouldn't have happened. Give me a damn break. You're not supposed to go around raping people. You're not supposed to go around shooting people. Right. But yet Shannon Watts is more concerned that, well, he disobeyed the sign. The sign don't mean jack crap in this state. No, it doesn't. Do you know how many, I'll be first one to tell you, you know how many establishments that I've walked in concealed carrying a firearm that had a no gun sign? Plenty. 
and, and, and let me be honest too. Let me make this also absolutely clear. In the state of Indiana, no sign other than signs put out by the government itself as information or regulatory signs, no sign from a private individual in this state carries the weight of law. Even in the state of Indiana, even if you post no trespassing signs, you cannot trespass someone on your property unless you catch them. Because the sign does not carry the weight of law. The, bo the bottom line is this, folks. This happened to the pink Glock girl. She was open carrying a firearm in uh, South Lake Mall. Security asked her to either two things. You can either leave or we're going to trespass you. Mm -hmm. And, of course, Sam said, well, okay, I'll take it out to my car. But even if they called the cops, you know what the cops would have said? Well, either you could take it to the car or we're going to have to trespass you. Yeah. That's it. They can't do nothing else. You can't, they could not arrest her for have lawfully having a firearm. Right. But you and, see, and, and you got to admit, you got also got to clarify too, that any person in mall security, you could have had two kids just walking around the mall being loud and they could have do the exact same thing. You either need to leave or we're going to trespass you. It could be, Somebody walking through the mall sagging their pants. You either need to pull your pants up or we're going to call the police and trespass you. They that they're a private or they're they're a private company, so they have the ability to refuse service to anyone at any time they want to. The point is, is that Shannon Watts is trying to vilify this guy. Yeah. Oh, he's not a good that's just like I, I got into a Twitter spat with a, a, a liberal down in Bloomington. She probably watched the show. How you doing there, Rhonda? Um and she said, how do we know that a good guy with a gun when he was there to just shoot somebody? It's that same old, we, us people that carry firearms, we just want to shoot people. It's oh, that same yeah. illogical argument that we always get. You just want to shoot somebody. If I wanted to just shoot somebody, I'd walk into a, a gun-free zone and just start shooting. Right. The mass shooter wanted to just shoot some people. Yeah. <laughs> That's why he was there. If I wanted to shoot, shoot somebody, uh, they better draw a firearm on me, and then they're going to get shot. Other than that, I have no reason to shoot anybody. Right. But her logic is, oh, well, if you passed a background check and submitted fingerprints to the state police, that doesn't make you a good guy. Do you know any criminals that would submit their fingerprints and go through a background check with the state police? Not willingly. Yeah, exactly. Not willingly. It's it, it's absolutely it, it's absolute complete BS that these people and you know to be honest with you, um, I don't know how good of a case Guy Redford's got on Shannon Watts because she she didn't specifically name him. You know, in defamation cases, there has to be like a specific name, but just saying he illegally carried a gun, I don't know if that's that's going to get him across the finish line. If it does, I can tell you this right now, it ain't going to stop Shannon Watts. She's no. going to keep running her mouth. No. So yeah. it really ain't going to matter. But if it gets through, hey, I hope this kid's just like Rittenhouse and Nick Sandman. He doesn't have to work a day in his life. We'll be back I, I right mean, after this. I hope it goes through too.
Looking for a new firearm but don't know where to start? Well look no further than Taurus. Taurus has a variety of firearms from revolvers to semi-automatics. These firearms include the Defender 856, the G2C, the all-new G3, and the TX-22 2019's Guns and Ammo Handgun of the Year. Taurus firearms are reliable and reasonably priced. Go to TaurusUSA.com to browse their selection of firearms. Taurus Firearms, designed to protect. Hello folks, Jason Reeve here. As a veteran, I thought I knew a lot about guns until I joined the USCCA. I then realized how much I didn't know about guns or concealed carry. The training I got from the USCCA not only helped my marksmanship, but also my decision making and my confidence. If you are in need of this life-saving training, it's simple. All you have to do is go to uscca.com to begin your path to becoming a responsibly armed American. Hello, Jason Reeve here, and as a veteran, I know the struggle of being discharged from the military and readjusting to civilian life. Unfortunately, this is a battle that many of our veterans have to face. Suicide rates among veterans are 22 a day and are likely to climb. That is why the American Gun Show is a supporter of Mission 22. Mission 22 is a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to healing our American veterans when they need it the most, right now. Mission 22 offers treatment for post-traumatic stress syndrome and traumatic brain injury and all other issues our veterans are facing today. Visit Mission 22 to donate. Mission 22, when their tour is over, our mission begins. This segment of the American Gun Show is brought to you by the United States Concealed Carry Association. Visit uscca.com to begin your path to becoming a responsibly armed American. Ha <laughs> ha, John jumped the gun. <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> yeah. I make fun of my producer a little bit here. Um, <laughs> now he'll probably throw something up on the screen now to, to screw me up or something like that. Um, the media. You know, something about the media here, the media, they were forced to have to cover this. Right. They were ha they had no choice. The, the national alphabet soup media had no choice but to cover this story the way that it was covered because, and you know, you know, deep down it had to kill them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cause they're eating all kinds of crow right now. You know, this is the same media that says, you know, the good guy with the gun's a myth. We know from statistics that there is anywhere, anywhere between 600,000 and 2 million defensive gun uses a year. Yep. We know this. They never get reported in the media. We no. report them here on the show. And when we other, find out uh, about them. When we other, find out about um, them. 
we do. Well, I think that in this case, they had no choice. Yeah, they had no choice. I mean, and, and I just kind of want to bring up real quick. The reason why the number is so wide between 600,000 and 2 million is because they it the, the, the high end number is an estimate because of the number of times the the criminal recognizing that the intended victim is armed deters the crime in and of itself yeah we yeah we we've said that on numerous numerous occasions here on the show but the fact of the matter is is that you know the media when this started going down and i listened to our american radio uh monday morning because i always listen for the first hour because alan gottlieb's on and i always want to hear what alan gottlieb has to say and this story was breaking as mark was going on the air Mm-hmm. And it was breaking all across because everybody in the media, with the exception of Mark, was all sitting here going, oh, we just had another one. We just had Highland Park a couple weeks ago. We got another one. All right. Awesome. Oh, crap. It was stopped by an armed citizen. But they were already out there going. They were already, as the news broke, they were already reporting on it. Right. They had no choice at that point to say, Oh crap! We're gonna have to say an armed citizen put a stop to it, right? I mean, I watched the chick on CNN. <laughs> I gotta tell you, man, it looked like she was going to crap a brick when she said, "And the shooting was stopped by an armed citizen." That had those words had to taste so bad coming out of her mouth. I mean, you. You know how this media is. I mean, we, we talked about this on 2A Tuesday, yesterday. The Associated Press has come out and said, okay, we cannot use the term assault weapons anymore. Assault weapon, assault rifle, it's too politicizing. It, it, it's, it's a derogatory term. We have, to, we have to use the term semi-automatic rifle. Because... And I, I think, and I've asked this question to Mr. Gottlieb and other people, why are they doing this? And Alan thinks there's a possibility they might be trying to win back some credibility after the last four years. They might maybe, be. Maybe not. I mean, but they definitely want to change the terminology in reporting to assault weapon to semi-automatic rifle. Right. Now, of course, you know what the politicians and people like Shannon Watts are going to do. Well, this is a weapon of war. It's an assault rifle. Uh, Last time I checked, I thought assault was an adjective, not a noun. Right. But that's just me. But that's just me. But, um, you know, assault is a type of action that people do, not not a type of firearm. Correct. But if the media is, I mean, the, the media itself, we've been under attack from the media. I hate the media. I know you hate the media. You know, well, here. why do you think, you know, that they had to just sit here and just go, oh, God, now we got to put this out. Right. And the, and the thing that they're going to have to deal with, too, is, is that anytime they try to put out some sort of counter narrative to this, people who you know, another situation happens in another gun-free zone in a high gun control state or city, they're going to start their narrative right back up again. And what's going to end up happening is 
uh, people are going to look at him and go, well, what about Indiana? What about that time in Greenwood? You know what I mean? So this punches a big hole in their narrative and just goes to show that when you allow people the ability to defend themselves in these bad situations, when you give these people everything that they could possibly ever need to be able to defend themselves from somebody who is looking to do them harm, it works. It stops people from being harmed. Do you think that the media might hold off now on reporting on these stories until they get more facts? No, not at all. I don't really have a lot of high hopes for that either. No, I don't. I don't either because, you know, look what happened in the Nick Sandman situation. And then then when Kyle Rittenhouse came out, the media did the exact same thing, the exact same thing. They wasted no time branding him a white supremacist. They had wasted no time. You know what I mean? The only difference in this particular situation is, is that in this mass mass shooting, there was no, uh, this, this is not going against the mob in some way. You know what I mean? Yeah. This was this was not an affront to that. This wasn't an affront to their overall narrative, just a portion of it. And that being that banning firearms makes people safer when it does not. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a very interesting thing to think about with the media, because, you know, like a lot of times when we had have a mass shooting, like when we had in Highland Park, we generally give it about 24 hours. Now, don't get me wrong. We're looking at the story. If there's video, we're analyzing the video. We're doing things mm-hmm. like that. But we don't jump to the gun to come out and say, uh, you know, oh, well, I think this is what happened. Or I think this is what we wait till we have the facts before we say, yeah, this is what happened. Right. And a lot of times you see like, again, Shannon Watts, 10 o'clock at night, Indianapolis time. She's sending out tweets. And mm-hmm. I think the only reason she waited till 10 o'clock, because this happened around uh, 7, 6.30, 7 o'clock at night uh, at Indianapolis time. And I think the way she she waited was because she's like, how do I spend this? I don't even think it was a matter of how do I spend it. I think that tweet came out the minute she heard about it. No, the, the shooting occurred at about 6 to 7 p.m. Uh, local time. And mm-hmm. her first tweet was at 10.22 local time. Right, right. And that's what I'm saying. I don't think I she wasn't there. No, what I'm saying so, is that she usually as the shooting uh, right the second the news breaks, she's out on Twitter running her mouth. She waited about three and a half hours before she said something. Yeah, I mean, I could I, 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 I could. Uh, it's a speculation that th- it's a possibility that that first tweet came out once she first heard about it. No, there was from all the watchdogs that we got watching her, there was no tweet from Shannon Watts. And that was something we were looking for. We were looking because we found out pretty quick that this guy was stopped by an armed citizen. Mm -hmm. So we found out pretty quick. They didn't have time to do the usual white guys doing this, uh, white supremacists, ban weapons of war. Right. They were sitting here going, holy crap, an armed citizen stopped this. How am I going to spend this to make it sound like this isn't a good thing? Right. And I think, and I will give Brady credit where credits due. They did come out and say, "Yes, this guy was a hero, and he stopped this shooting." 
but then right. they went right back, but then they went right back into well if we passed common sense gun legislation this never would have happened no, and it's you're like, right it never would have happened there would have been a lot more people dead because that individual that was carrying the firearm that stopped it wouldn't have one well yeah he would have if if the sign carried weight of law in Indiana he would have left his gun in the car mm-hmm. and quite potentially him and his girlfriend would have been victims. Yeah. Remember folks, Susanna Huff Libby's was a high profile shooting back in the day. She left her lawfully carried gun in the car and some lunatic drove his truck through the restaurant and wound up killing her mother and father. Mm-hmm. She could not fight back because she obeyed the law. Right. And she went to a congressional hearing, stared Chuck Schumer right in his eyes and said, I wish I would have broke the law that day, just like that criminal did. Right. And Chuck Schumer sits there stone and cold as, uh, as ever. That's why I say these people don't care about your safety. Their agenda is civilian disarmament. Right. Plain and simple. Nothing else. Nick, do you want to put any exclamation point on that? But, I mean, that, that, that like you said, it's civilian disarmament, you know. And I'm not going to sit here and say that any of them are out there actively seeking out trying to create situations like this in order to further their agenda. But I will tell you this right now. They don't want them to stop. Because every time someone dies in a mass shooting, they stand on that grave and preach to you that the best way to defend yourself is, is to get rid of a way of defending yourself. That's like trying to tell somebody the best way to hit a home run is to give up your baseball bat. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. All right, folks, we're going to take a timeout. We'll be right back after this. The SAF is the most important gun rights organization in existence. Don't believe me? They are responsible for 80% of gun rights cases making their way through the courts right now, fighting to protect your right to keep and bear arms. Still don't believe me? Then head on over to saf.org, where you can read about the current cases open right now. You can also join the fight or donate to the cause. Protecting your rights, one lawsuit at a time. Visit saf.org today. Are you looking for an iconic firearm to add to your collection? Well, look no further than Beretta Firearms. Beretta is the oldest firearms manufacturer in the world, supplying firearms as far back as 1650. In fact, the Beretta 92FS was the primary sidearm for the U.S. Armed Forces. Beretta has all types of handguns, rifles, and shotguns to fit your needs, whether it be home defense or concealed carry. Handgun options include the 92 px4 storm and the new apx series beretta is known for reliability and effectiveness that's why so many military and law enforcement have relied on beretta visit beretta.com to view their selections beretta win the fight
A big part of the concealed carry lifestyle is carrying your firearm at all times. This can be difficult if you don't have the right holster. I've tried many holsters with minimum success. Then I tried the cloak tuck, an inside the waistband holster made by Alien Gear Holsters. They also make the Shapeshift Holster Series, have lifetime warranties, and are made right here in the USA. Visit AlienGearHolsters.com to browse their selections and find the best holster for your lifestyle. segment of the American Gun Show is brought to you by the Second Amendment Foundation. Join or donate at saf.org. Now back to the defender of your gun rights, Jason Reed. All right, folks, welcome back to the show. And I got a disturbing story here from our friend Lee, the gun writer Williams uh, over at Armed American News. Nick, this is going to infuriate you as well. ATF conducts a surprise inspection at man's home without warrant. And it was all caught on camera. Those ring doorbells are fantastic. That's all I got to say. Go They're away fantastic. come back for the warrant. The homeowner was alerted that there were trespassers on his property by motion detectors outside his front door. A live video feed from his doorbell camera showed three armed men wearing tactical vests, t-shirts, and jeans. Two appeared to be ATF agents. The third was a Delaware State Police trooper. None wore body cameras. The homeowner did not want his name used in this story, but he is a small businessman, a law-abiding citizen, who even the ATF acknowledged had done nothing wrong. He went to his front door hesitantly. He left his doorbell camera running to get the encounter. This is what it caught. Agent 1, all I'm doing is verifying that you have it. You got two different purchases. If you have them, I'm out of here. That's how quick it is. Yeah, do you have them with you by chance? The homeowner said, yes, they are in my safe. And he said, if you can unload them and bring them out to me, we are going, we can be out of your foyer here. Check them out, write the serial numbers, and we're out. Homeowner said, that's it. The agent said, yep. And agent two responded, it'll all take about five seconds. The trooper, uh, the state trooper then said, the reason we're out here is obviously gun violence is at an uptick. We want to make sure we've been having a lot of issues of straw purchases. One of the things indicates we get is someone making large gun purchases. And then a lot of times we've been there and, oh, those guns have been taken. The ATF agent said then the idea that is that when you purchase more than two guns at a time, it generates multiple sales reports. It comes to us and we have to check them out. And that is it. You did nothing wrong. Absolutely zero. I noticed you were stopped in Philly, though, through you stopped in Philly through with one of your guns. The trooper said, we'll wait if you feel more comfortable. The homeowner said, I'm okay. I just didn't expect this. And the agent said, oh no, it just came up. We came here. Look, I'm telling you, there's an email from the federal side saying you can make sure that we need to make sure that this guy's got his guns. So right there, we've already got a lie on the ATF. They first said it generates multiple sales reports, and now they're saying, oh, well, the federal side of it is saying that we have to look into it. 
So the homeowner went ahead and complied because he said he didn't want him to come back. I would have simply said, get the hell off my property. You just violated this man's Fourth Amendment right. Yeah. Plain and simple. Unreasonable search. Plain and simple. You said he did nothing wrong. Why are you searching him? You showed up because you wanted to make sure he had all the guns. And guess what? Do you know where the ATF gets? Because, Nick, does the federal government know you purchased a gun other than doing your Nick's check? No. Okay, so how did the ATF get this guy's information? They had to go to the gun shop first. Exactly. They went to the gun shop, saw that he had bought seven guns in a two-year period, and said, oh, we better go check him out. Right. Because he's he's bought guns. Oh, I'm sorry. Is buying guns illegal in the, in the, uh, the United States of America? No. Yeah. So he did a lawful transaction. Mm-hmm. Went ahead and purchased his guns lawfully, went through his background check, mm-hmm. took his guns home, mm-hmm. and then the ATF shows up and says, we need to see the guns. Come back with a warrant. Venture forth, fornicate yourself, and go get a warrant. Yes. I wish you the best of luck at finding a judge that's going to sign off on that warrant. Go get a warrant. Have a because, nice you, because you know what the judge is going to say to you? What probable cause do you have to search? Well, he bought a lot of guns. That's not probable cause. Yeah, that's not probable. Do, do you suspect that he sold them to someone else as a straw purchase? Do you suspect that? Do you have proof of that? Did you, yeah. did you, did you, do you have videographic evidence of him um, pulling a firearm out of the trunk of his heart, car and handing it to someone else? Like, w- what proof do you have? So, like I said, I appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day to come out here to check on me. And I, you know, and, and good on you for doing so, but um, go forth and, and and fornicate yourself and and get a warrant. You know, it, this is we, we've talked about this. We've talked about this on your show. We talked about it on my show. Mm-hmm. This is not just about the Second Amendment. A lot, a lot of times when there's an infringement on the Second Amendment, there's you have an infringement, infringement on, on the Fourth Amendment. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of ten, they go hand in hand together. Folks, I don't know what kind of upside-down communist world we live in today, but the police have no authority. The federal government, the federal government police, have no authority to come on your property and ask you for something without a warrant. Correct. And if they do, now this guy voluntarily gave his consent, which whatever. That's an that was his choice to make. I would not have made that decision, but that was his decision to make. That's And that's fine if he wanted to do it. Okay, here. Well, you know what the ATF did? They wrote down the serial number of that gun. You know what else they wrote down? His address. Oh, yeah. So do you honestly think they just showed up? Oh, yep, it's a gun that, yep, it's a gun that, you know, showed up in our sales report. All right, you have a nice day, sir. No, they said, we know that this guy right here has these guns at this house. Yep. Do you not, folks? And and that information got put in a federal database and it's going to sit there. Are you guys not picking up what we're putting down here? 
Mm-hmm. They just conducted an illegal search to get information on an armed, law-abiding citizen. Unreal. It's completely unreal. This is why people like me and people like Nick hate the government being involved in things. Right. Because their justification for doing what they did was pre-crime. That's what that was. I wouldn't say it was pre-crime. I would say it was more along the lines of, hey, we don't know what you have. Let's figure out what you got. Because they don't think this guy's going to commit a crime. They're just going, huh, according to the sales reports at the gun shop, you have this many guns. We want to see if you have this many guns. The point, well, the, the point of the visit was, we know you have a lot of guns. We want you to know we're watching you, so don't try going and selling them to somebody else. Uh, I don't pre-crime. think it was that. I, I, I don't think it was that. I have to disagree with that. But the, the fact is this. It all boils down to one thing. Government don't trust you. Mm-mm. The government does not trust you, the American citizen, to own firearms. The fact of the matter stands is the reasoning why they went there is really a moot point. We could argue it until we're both as blue as this flag behind me. You know what I'm saying? What they did was illegal. They weren't supposed to do that. What they did was illegal, but the reason why they did it was because they don't, the government does not trust you. The government doesn't like us having guns. Mm -mm. How do we, how do we know that? Because they're about to do something we'd shoot them for. For the most Plain part, yeah, that's, that, that, that's what it boils down to. That's the only justification you, that I can come up with. And if you are trying to disarm the American population after 250 years, you suck at governing. Yes, exactly. If you need a disarmed populace in order to govern, it's not that you have an unruly populace. You, ha- you suck at governing. Plain and simple. Unreal. If I was this guy, I would be, I would be contacting a lawyer. And I'd be suing the absolute crap out yes. of uh, out of uh, the ATF and the Delaware State Police. I I, I would agree. I, I would agree with that. Absolutely. And when because they that's say, harassment. Well, and when they said, "Oh, well, you volunteer," well, I the guy even said, "I felt coerced to get to voluntarily give my consent." Oh, so he was voluntold. No, not voluntold. He his own statements were. I felt that if I didn't do it, something was going to happen. Yeah, that's just wrong. And I'm, I'm trying really hard to stay calm, just so you know. So I'm this is this is and people let me let me just that I'm going to use a term that Paul Markle uses. That Delaware State Trooper and those ATF agents, they're the Stasi of America. They're police for the state. They could be out there trying to catch gun traffickers, drug traffickers, all this other crap, but oh no, they're spending their time going and finding out what guns law-abiding citizens have. Right. Now put your tinfoil hat on for a second. Why do they need to know how many guns you got? Hmm. Just and do saying. you think and do you think this is an isolated incident? No, it is not. No. No, it is not. not. This is just one we've this, heard about. This is one that happened to be caught on camera. Right. 
because those ATF agents were completely unaware there was a ring camera there. Right. So the fact of the matter is this was all caught on camera. Yeah. And Lee Williams reached out to the ATF and the Delaware State Police. They both refused comment. Oh, I bet they did because you got caught in 4K. Yeah. Yep. Plain and simple. All right. Uh, hey, uh, Nick, how about we do a little hog wild? Oh, okay. You're, you're what, gonna like what's he had one. to say? Oh, you're, you're going to like this one. This is from AWR Hawkins that came out earlier today. Uh, David Hogg, gun control proponent David Hogg, was escorted out of the House chamber Wednesday after he interrupted a House Judiciary Committee hearing uh, on gun violence. A video obtained by the Daily Caller shows Hogg standing up in the chamber and began screaming about how the February 14th, 2018 Parkland shooter attack was anti-Semitic, anti-Black, and racist. He said the shooter in El Paso described, he described the shooter in El Paso, excuse me, as an invasion. Hogg screamed, guess what? Those guns aren't coming from the United, or coming from the United States. They're not coming from Mexico. Hogg yelled at a security and a security guard moved behind him and directed him towards the door and walked him out of the house chamber. David Hogg saying the shooter's attack was anti-Semitic, anti-black and racist. The Parkland shooter didn't just target Jews and blacks. Right. He targeted everybody. Right. And I'm not trying and I'm not trying to make light of it because because it, Parkland was tragic. I feel for every one of those families that lost a loved one in the Parkland shooting. I really do. It's like I've said before. I want to grieve with you. But you immediately attacked me and a hundred other Americans that had nothing to do with it. That's what you did. And of course, you know, David Hogg's been out there making boneheaded statements left and right from everything from Native Americans all the way to uh, <laughs> to guns. You know what my favorite one for, for me was, Nick? What one? I, I think you'll appreciate this. He said when he got accepted to Harvard that he was going there to study for political science. Harvard doesn't teach political science. Yeah. You know, um, I'll be honest with you. I'm surprised he hasn't said anything about the, the, the Greenwood situation. He won't. And I, I, I'll tell you why he won't. Because of the exact reason that he saw what happened to Shannon Watts and he saw what happened to Chris Brown and Gabby Giffords. Mm -hmm. He's going to stay quiet on that one. You think he will? Oh, yeah. Oh, I know he will. I know okay. he will. Because he, he, he will not open his mouth on the Greenwood shooting unless it's something like he illegally carried a gun like you know Shannon Watts tried to pull right but I trust me I've been watching the feed I've been watching David Hogg and Shannon Watts I watch all <laughs> of them. I haven't seen anything from them dumb yet but I mean I can't my heart and my brain I'm 41 years old I can't handle Twitter I can't do it some of the stuff that just comes out on there, I just, I, I, no, I, I will break my phone. I will yell and scream. I can't, I best, can't do it. Some of my best content comes from Twitter. Oh, I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. Some of, but some I, of my I best can't. content comes from Twitter. I mean, I, I literally look at this going, what? 
Now, let's keep in mind, this ain't the first time a Parkland uh, survivor slash victim has interrupted a um, interrupted a, a speech. We had Man, Manny Oliver a few weeks ago get escorted out by Secret Service when Joe Biden was giving a speech on uh, uh, the bipartisan gun control bill that passed, and which I agree with you 100%. In the same case that I agree with what what you said on that day. These guys, you know, and I'll use one more example before I make this point. Um, Fred Guttenberg was escorted out of the House chambers during the State of the Union address for screaming at Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Now, Trump wasn't the one who said, get him out of here. It was actually Pelosi who pointed up at him. Right. Guttenberg stood up and started mouthing off and... You see Pelosi behind Trump go, but escorting them out violates their First Amendment rights. Yeah, and I and I do agree with you on that. I don't like what David Hogg or any of them have to say, but I do agree with you. Your job as and like you said about when we had Aaron and John on the show with the Secret Service escorting Manny Oliver out. You are the president. You are right. supposed to be able to handle criticism from us. Right, exactly. And when Fred Guttenberg went on his tirade in, in the House chamber for Donald Trump, he stopped. He was going to let Fred have his tirade. He was going to let him have his moment. You know, he was yeah. he was going to do exactly what I said that Biden should have done. The only difference is, is that in the House chamber, Trump didn't have that authority. That's Pelosi's ballpark. Yeah. That's her authority. And she yeah. shut and it as, down. And as with David Hogg, generally it's the chairman of whatever committee is in there. They're the ones that control the room. Right. Exactly. Well, guess what? Guess what? Uh, party is in control. It's the Democrats. Right. You are right. Trump did let let Guttenberg say what he had to say. Mm -hmm. But Pelosi was like, get him out of here. He's making mm -hmm. an ass of himself. Well, yeah. Manny Oliver, when, when he stood up against Biden, Biden told him to sit down. Right. Biden goes, sit down till I'm done. Now, again, me and you are sitting here going, wait a second. Right. This guy wants, agrees with you. He wants you to pass gun control. Right. And you told him to sit down and shut up. Mm -hmm. That's. Ooh, that's. Because uh, he didn't. He, did, he, 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 he didn't want Manny calling him out on his failures. Yeah. Is what it boiled right. down to. I got one quick story here from A.W.R. Hawkins. Had a quick story. I just closed the closed the wrong browser. <laughs> Oops. Live radio. What do you do, right? It, it happens. Uh, our favorite senator, Dickie Durbin. Well, you hmm. know what? We actually we actually got a lot of favorite senators. Um, yeah, you can't Durbin just say our over favorite in Illinois, senator. He is. Yeah, yeah, we got a lot of them. Uh, Dickie Durbin over in Illinois said, now it's time to shame manufacturers of assault weapons. 
Durbin claimed that there have been over 309 mass shootings in the United States this year, then shown a video in which gun control proponents repeatedly used the, fl- the phrase weapon of war. After the vi- video, Durbin said the 10th, this is the 10th hearing the Senate Judiciary has held this Congress on how to reduce gun violence in America. He criticized laws allowing 18-year-olds to buy AR-style guns. Why are these killing machines flying off the shelves after they've been banned for a decade until 2004? Durbin said, quote, maybe in this ad, the the market, the assault weapons, symbol of independence, freedom, or the promise of owning an AR-style gun will make you more of a man. Or it could be that it's inciting prospects of touting around the same style of weapons that soldiers and Marines use to defend the country in war. Oh, Dickie. Oh, Dickie. When we get back from the break, I will be more than happy to just absolutely dismantle that if you would like. We still got five minutes, dude. <laughs> All right. Well, here you go. Um, don't get out here and sit here and claim that that uh, you, as part of the federal government, are sending our arms armed uh forces over to other countries to defend the United States. You're, you're defending your economic process prospects in those countries. Number one. So don't make that claim. Okay. You're sending our young people to die so you can make money. And that's ridiculous. Okay. And you know, (laughs) that one got me fired up anyway. Uh, an AR Beyond what it looks like is not a weapon of war. It is not. Okay. It's not that we purchase these firearms because, you know, uh, we want to feel like more of a man. We purchase these firearms and they're flying off of the shelves because we have seen the woke mob march through neighborhoods, destroying as they go and go, you want to know what? A six-shot revolver is not going to defend me against 30 people. It's not going to work. We're not talking, you know, we are not dealing with a situation in this country based off of the way that our society is going at this point. We're not dealing with a situation which we are having to defend ourselves against an individual. We are having to defend ourselves against a mob of people who have been told that it is okay to to commit violence on people and neighborhoods simply because they don't agree with you simply because you are angry enough to go do something about it. And that is not okay. Look at what happened with the McCloskey's. Do you think the McCloskey's would have been able to defend themselves with a revolver? No, absolutely not. The only thing that held that crowd at bay was the fact that he did have an AR style rifle with a 30 round magazine. That's the only thing that held that crowd back. Yeah. Yeah. As but as we've said, that was the only thing to stop that mob from attacking the McCloskeys. Absolutely. They tore that now, whole granted, neighborhood down. Now, granted, we, we've criticized their gun handling skills because they obviously need to work on that. Yeah. But the just the mere sight of him holding that rifle, that stopped them. They were able to look at that rifle and go, there's 31 rounds in that rifle, and nobody in that group wanted to be one of those 31 people. That's what it boils down to. 
and I know where you were going with this uh, when you first started your comments. The House had a Judiciary Committee, too, where Jim Jordan was challenging Jerry Nadler about why do you have to be 21 to exercise constitutional right? Mm -hmm. And Jerry Nadler's response was, well, we have age differences for different things, driving a car, uh, driving a car, buying alcohol, buying cigarettes, uh, all them things. Not one of those things he named was a constitutional right, number one. And then Jim Jordan asked him, okay, Mr. Chairman, would you sponsor a bill with me right now to raise the minimum age to the draft to 21? And Jerry Nadler said no. Because if the country needs bodies, it needs bodies. Yeah, well, I mean, that wasn't his direct quote, but he might as well have said it. Yeah. He didn't say bodies, he said people. Yeah, but the thing is, being veteran, me and Nick being veterans, oh, that fired us up because Mm -hmm. we were sitting here going, oh, you're willing to send us over to a foreign country to die for this country. And, oh, by the way, you actually get an assault rifle in the military. Yeah. You know, you actually get a fully automatic M4, M16, M249, whatever. But you're willing to send us over there at 18 to die. But yet when I come home, I can't exercise my God-given constitutionally protected right to own a firearm. And there's another thing that I want to touch on, too. Old Dickie Durbin said there was 309 mass shootings in the United States, and 275 of them are probably out of Chicago. (laughs) I I guarantee you he's using the gun violence archive. Oh, I'm sure he is. 100%. I I guarantee you he's using gun violence archive. But you want to know what? We're 201 days into this year, and I bet you 201 out of that 309 came out of Chicago because Chicago has a mass shooting every day. Well, I mean, you know, let's just say for the sake of argument here, let's let's see where Chicago's at right now as far as as that goes. All right, year to date, uh, 1,493 shot and wounded, 377 killed, grand total of 1,830 people shot in the city of Chicago. 1,830 people shot in the city of Chicago. Just Chicago. Alone. That's just just Chicago. I, do the math. We're t- divide that by 201. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. According to the uh, shot clock, a person is shot every two hours and 37 minutes in the city of Chicago, and a person is murdered every 13 hours and three minutes in Chicago. I think Dickie needs to get back to Illinois and fix what's there. That's kind of my point. Yeah. I knew where you were going. People who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Yeah, and, and, and we do know that Dickie's good for that. Mm-hmm. Dickie's really good at throwing glass, uh, throwing stones in a glass ceiling. But that's why, you know, hopefully, you know, our friend Chuck Erickson's running against them. So hopefully, uh, you know, Illinois will vote Chuck in and we could get rid of this idiot. Vote Erickson because it's time for change. Spread yeah, the word, Six. Yeah. Yep. Vote Erickson. It is time to change. All right, folks, we're going to step away for a timeout. We'll be right. Well, actually, we're going to go to Illinois when we get back because, uh, you know, Pitzner's uh, at it again. Oh, here we go. We'll be right back after this.
Hello folks, Jason Reeve here. If you're looking for a great firearm, Sig Sauer is a great place to start. Sig is the makers of the P320 and the P365. In fact, the P320 has replaced the M9 as the sidearm of the United States Army. But Sig just doesn't make pistols. Oh no, they make shotguns, bolt-action rifles, and semi-automatic rifles, all to fit your firearm's needs. And if you're looking for training, well, you can sign up for the Sig Sauer Academy. Visit SigSauer.com to browse firearms or sign up for training. That's SigSauer.com. Sig Sauer. Never settle. The Freedom 515 movement is an opportunity for Americans to stand together for our constitutional rights, freedom, and civil liberties. We will no longer accept a government that does not work for the people, and we will not accept a media agenda aimed at dividing this country. The time to take a stand in solidarity with your fellow patriots is now. Join us. This peaceful movement is a transpartisan one. As long as you agree that we need and deserve better from our representatives and our government, you have a home here. Visit www.freedom515.com to sign up for email notifications or to join. That website is freedom515.com. The SAF is the most important gun rights organization in existence. Don't believe me? They are responsible for 80% of gun rights cases making their way through the courts right now, fighting to protect your right to keep and bear arms. Still don't believe me? Then head on over to saf.org where you can read about the current cases open right now. You can also join the fight or donate to the cause. Protecting your rights, one lawsuit at a time. Visit saf.org today. This is Erin, founder of Freedom 515, and you're listening to The American Gun Show. Now back to Jason Reeve. All right, folks, welcome back to the show. And <laughs> Illinois Co- Governor J.P., I haven't seen my tallywhacker, Pitzner, has uh, ordered the state police in Illinois to use discretion in improving gun licenses. Use discretion. Oh, according to Pitzner's office, additional administrative rules have unnecessarily limited and complicated the Illinois State Police's ability to use clear and present danger reports since 2013. The emergency rule change scraps the administration add-ons, reverting to uh, statutory definition of clear and present danger. The former, uh, in a quote, The former administration's rule required a clear and present danger be impending, imminent, substantial, or significant, according to the press release from the governor's office. Clear and present danger under state law, however, is more broadly defined requiring physical and verbal behavior, such as violence, suicidal, assaultive threats, actions, or other behaviors. This emergency rule will now allow the Illinois State Police to consider a broader range of information by simply applying the statutory definition to clear and present danger. The change will also allow police to maintain historic clear and present danger information for individuals when considering their future FOID card applications. 
uh, even if the individual had no application pending at the time when they received that designation. Uh, Nick, this kind of sounds like a red flag law, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. And, it doesn't and, and directing, that. I would just like to point that the Bruin case just said the Illinois State Police that sounds also sounds kind of like a, a merger between red flag law and may issue. That's exactly what it is. You know, and I thought may issue was unconstitutional as determined by the Bruin decision. Uh, yeah, the Bruin decision says that you cannot put a good cause measure into owning or carrying a firearm. And here is another state, another Democrat state, I might add. Uh, that is saying, well, we don't really care what the Supreme Court says. We're going to do what we want to do anyway. This is basically a red flag on steroids mm -hmm. is what this is. And what this now allows is that this allows the Illinois State Police to say, well, you know what? I don't like kind of the way you're looking at me, so I'm going to deny this application. Right. That makes it reason. so that, like, if the ATF shows up in Illinois to illegally search somebody's property like they did in Delaware and you say, you know what, you can go fornicate yourself. Well, we're just going to have to red flag you now. And we're going to have to take away your FOID card, mm -hmm. which means you got to get rid of your guns. Right. You know, I, Nick, you smell that? Mm -hmm. you yeah. smell that? Yeah, I smell the it smells BS. Like another Smells like another lawsuit. Yeah. So once again, Illinois taxpayers are going to have to pay the Second Amendment Foundation. Yep. Because smell, their leadership smell, did something stupid. I smell another lawsuit. I mean, guys in Illinois, seriously, you guys over in Illinois, when are you going to get tired of your tax money paying organizations like the Second Amendment Foundation, Gun Owners of America, Firearms Policy Coalition to comply with the Constitution? Right. I, I'm just, I'm just curious. I just want to know when are you guys going to say, Hey, you know what? I'm tired of my taxes going to this, which I mean, taxes are already going up in Chicago. Anyway, we talked huh. about that at work, you know, thank yeah. you, Lori Lightfoot for that, by the way. Yeah. I, I, I actually have somebody that's listening in on my chat on Twitch right now that, that currently lives uh, near Chicago and yeah. I feel bad for them. Well, I mean, here's the thing. And I wanted to bring this up too. Um, officers made arrests in fewer than 6% of those crime categories that were reported last year. That is the lowest level in the city of Chicago since 2001. The Sun Times also analyzed the Chicago police data and found the trend continues this year, according to figures as early as June. Police have made... Just 12% arresting 12% of overall crimes. All crimes. All crimes. This is the lowest level since 2001 as well. I mean, I mean, I hear it's great. <laughs> the clear and present danger that, that exists in Illinois right now is the Chicago leadership. Because, <laughs> like, it's really not doing any good. They're not protecting anybody. Well, 
we sat here and we talked about this, Nick. I mean, me and, me and you, we did that show right after Highland Park, and we talked about this. This guy was presented, was hit with a clear and present danger. Correct. And the Illinois State Police said, oh, we didn't have enough evidence to deny him a, a FOID card. Right. What do you what do you mean you didn't have enough evidence? The guy claimed he was suicidal. He claimed that he was going to kill his family. Mm-hmm. I mean, what you you know? Remember how they always say that we need to take threats seriously? They didn't. You know, you know we take a threat seriously, like right. us. You know, if somebody says they're going to kill me, I right. kind of take that a little seriously. Right, right. If if you tell me that you're going to try to kill me then as far as I know, you're, that's exactly what you're going to do. You know, this guy's sitting here, I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to kill my family. Well, guess what, Illinois? You have a law that you said would prevent this. Right. You just didn't enforce it. And it's not like somebody just came forward and said, that guy right there is going to be a mass shooter. It's not like that. It didn't go down that way. Cops had gone to this person's house numerous times. He had been adjudicated. And literally they said, oh, yeah, this guy's a problem. But right. then here comes dear, here comes dear old dad. Mm-hmm. Oh, my son. You know, because I don't know what it is with flipping parents these days. Their kid can never do anything wrong. Their kid could, their kid could be caught beating up a teacher on school surveillance and they will go into the office and be like, my kid would never do something like that. Right. We, we, we have it on camera. Wasn't <laughs> we, me. Yeah. <laughs> shaggy. Yeah. Exactly. It wasn't me. Was that Shaggy? Yeah. Shaggy. Was shaggy. Is that Shaggy? That's, yeah, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't me. me. <laughs> the, the Shaggy defense. Um, <laughs> but they go and they're like, well, we didn't have enough evidence. Oh, okay. Well, he applied for a Floyd card. His dad signed off on it. Oh, okay. Well, we don't have enough evidence. He can have a gun. Right. The 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 again. I, I will beat this point home to a dead horse. The government says they are passing gun control laws to keep you safe. However, the government allowed this guy to get a gun. Right. Because that's how it works in Illinois. You don't have a constitutional right to own a firearm. You have to ask the government for permission. Yeah. A void card is essentially permission from the government to go shop for a firearm. Like you yeah. have to have, the, you have to have the permission before you can go shopping for one. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, when you go to make the purchase, not only have you already passed the background check, so you should have passed the background check to get the FOID card to go shopping for the gun, then when you make the purchase for the firearm, you have to pass a background check again. And then wait three days to get your gun. Right. And then if it's a <laughs> handgun and you want to carry it, then you have to ask for permission from the government and pass another background check to carry it. <laughs> to get your concealed carry. So to own a gun and get your carry permit, you're going to go through at least three background checks. In Illinois. Yeah. But yeah, you can't even buy if 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 I lived here in the state of Indiana and decided to pack up and move to Illinois. Why I would ever do that, Jason, if I ever make that decision, if I tell you that I'm moving to Illinois, smack me because I'm not okay. All right. But if I were to, (laughs) I can't even buy ammunition in the state of Illinois without the Floyd card. It's not even just for firearms. I can't even buy the bullets. Right. You can't even buy ammo there. 
Um, yeah, I, I will definitely do that. If that ever happens, I will be sure to kick you square in the, uh, the twig and berries. Yes, because, absolutely. Uh, please. Cause I'm not okay. I will be sitting here going, what in God's, I mean, that was like us with Aaron last week when Aaron said, I, I kind of agree with AOC and we're all like, huh? Who are you? And what'd you do with Aaron? What did you do with Aaron? <laughs> this is not the Aaron we know. Right. But we've also found ourselves doing that, too, where I'm like, yeah, I kind of agree with this guy. It's come back and bite us in the ass. But mm-hmm. I mean, you did it with Nikki Freed. I did it with Lindsey Graham. So, I mean, we're, we're kind of even. We, I guess we all do it. But I mean, it's just like, my God, you know, Illinois, you know, particularly the people in Chicago, because the you know, the people in Illinois, we know that the the people in southern Illinois, eastern Illinois, outside of Chicago, they're really good conservative people that just want to live their life and be left alone. It's all those woke lunatics in Chicago that are controlling the state. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the, the and, 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 you know, those people exist in Chicago as well, you know, but they're so heavily outnumbered. They really are. And I, I wouldn't even really say so much that a lot of people in Chicago are necessarily conservative. You know, there's a lot of people who are on kind of like the libertarian standpoint there in the middle. Well, what I mean is that but, they have that the, – when I say conservative, it's more of like, hey, I don't want the government in my business. Just let okay. me live my life, and I'm not breaking the law. I'm not breaking the law. Just let me live my life. Not, not, not a – political conservative as in like right-wing conservative but conservative no. in the truest sense of i want a conservative government i want them to be to be incredibly limited into how much they they have involvement in my life right that's that's what i mean by conservative okay. i want them to be you know be out of their life because I, i'll be honest with you I, I i identify as conservative but there are some values that i share with some democrats mm-hmm you know, there Tulsi Gabbard's a good example of that. There are some things that she says, and I'm like, you know what? I can actually kind of get behind what you're saying. My, my point is this. This is the best way I can describe it. I think that gay, gay couple across the street should be able to defend their marijuana plants with guns, machine guns. There you go. That, that's kind I mean, of yeah, where yeah. I'm at. Absolutely. That's the best way for absolutely. me to kind of give you a rundown of where my political standpoint is, which actually kind of falls under the truest sense the true definition of what conservative is. That means the government is not involved in what people do in their homes and what they do in right. their lives. Right. Um, you ever see the show parks and rec? I I've seen like bits and pieces of some episodes. There was a comment and, and I'm going to take this up to the break. And I, I said, that sounds like something that me or Nick would say, but Ron Swanson gets up there and says, look, if you want to eat cheeseburgers, balloon up to 600 pounds, and die of a heart attack at 41, you can. That's what's great about this country. Right. And I started laughing, and, I'm like, he, and he stops and he goes, it's a beautiful thing. I started laughing. I said, that sounds like something me or Nick would say. Right. I mean, it's kind of true. All right, folks, we're going to take a time out. We'll be right back after this. Looking for a new firearm, but don't know where to start? Well, look no further than Taurus. Taurus has a variety of firearms from revolvers to semi-automatics. These firearms include the Defender 856, the G2C, the all-new G3, and the TX-22 2019's Guns and Ammo Handgun of the Year. 
Taurus firearms are reliable and reasonably priced. Go to TaurusUSA.com to browse their selection of firearms. Taurus firearms, designed to protect. Hello folks, Jason Reeve here. As a veteran, I thought I knew a lot about guns until I joined the USCCA. I then realized how much I didn't know about guns or concealed carry. The training I got from the USCCA not only helped my marksmanship, but also my decision-making and my confidence. If you are in need of this life-saving training, it's simple. All you have to do is go to uscca.com to begin your path to becoming a responsibly armed American. Hello, Jason Reeve here, and as a veteran, I know the struggle of being discharged from the military and readjusting to civilian life. Unfortunately, this is a battle that many of our veterans have to face. Suicide rates among veterans are 22 a day and are likely to climb. That is why the American Gun Show is a supporter of Mission 22. Mission 22 is a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to healing our American veterans when they need it the most, right now. Mission 22 offers treatment for post-traumatic stress syndrome and traumatic brain injury and all other issues our veterans are facing today. Visit Mission 22 to donate. Mission 22, when their tour is over, our mission begins. The Freedom 515 movement is an opportunity for Americans to stand together for our constitutional rights, freedom, and civil liberties. We will no longer accept a government that does not work for the people, and we will not accept a media agenda aimed at dividing this country. The time to take a stand in solidarity with your fellow patriots is now. Join us. This peaceful movement is a transpartisan one. As long as you agree that we need and deserve better from our representatives and our government, you have a home here. Visit www.freedom515.com to sign up for email notifications or to join. That website is freedom515.com. segment of the American Gun Show is brought to you by the United States Concealed Carry Association. Visit uscca.com to begin your path to becoming a responsibly armed American. All right, folks, welcome back to the show. Nick, do you remember months ago we did the uh, story about that Colorado woman that filed a false red flag law? Vaguely, yes. Vaguely? Okay. And we'll go through it again. Um, so Colorado woman, an article by Cam Edwards over at BearingArms.com, Colorado woman sentenced for false filing a red flag report. Uh, back in 2017, uh, 19-year-old Jeremy Holmes was shot and killed by Fort Collins police in Colorado. 
uh, after they rushed after he rushed towards an officer for brandishing a knife. Uh, he had a 11 and a quarter inch bayonet knife that he bought from a pawn shop. Uh, Jeremy Holmes did have mental health issues, according to his mother, Susan Holmes, uh, and he, he got treated voluntarily for his mental health, but he was suicidal and he charged at the police with that bayonet and police shot and killed him. After the son's death, Susanna Holmes publicly blamed the officers for what happened, accusing them of using excessive force. Like other, like every other officer involved shooting, Jeremy Holmes was investigated and the officers were cleared of any wrongdoing. But in January of 2020, Susan Holmes took advantage of the state's new red flag firearms law and initiated a petition, a petition against one of the officers that shot and killed her son. Now, red, the red flag law in Colorado uh, allows law enforcement, family members, or household members to petition to have a person's firearms removed if they are deemed by a judge to be a threat to themselves or others. In the petition filed on January 9, 2020, Holmes checked a box saying she is a family or household member of Corporal Philip Morris, one of the two officers that was involved in the fatal shooting of her son. And she specifically went even more and said that she had a child with Morris. Holmes was ultimately charged with perjury and lying on an extreme risk protection application and was con and was convicted during her trial jury jury earlier or during her trial earlier this year by a jury. On Tuesday, she was sentenced for her crimes, and despite being eligible for parole, uh, or I'm sorry, and despite being eligible for up to six years in prison, a judge ordered her to spend the next two years on probation instead. Okay, I can kind of see where, you know, I wouldn't necessarily send somebody to prison for lying. I mean, she could face up to six years in prison, but. Remember when red flags started becoming very popular and me and you both said, these are ripe for abuse. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, they're not. People wouldn't do that. Here we go. Right. I remember it now when, okay. when, when you said that she she filed filed the red flag law against the police officer, one of the police officers. I remember I remember the story now and and, and how she said she had a child with the police officer. She's like, I don't even know who this woman is. Yeah. The officer's <laughs> like, I, I've never seen her before a day in my life until the day we went out there to deal with her kid. Right. And, you know, it, it's, it's just more demonization of the police. Mm hmm. Is what this was, which is what we saw in 2020 was demonization of police officers. And her son was, yeah, he was a mental case. Mm -hmm. He was seeking treatment. I get that. I actually feel bad for her because being somebody that's dealt with mental health myself, it's not an easy thing to deal with. And grief is not an easy thing to deal with either. No. You know what I mean? This this woman had to 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 bury her child, you know, because he was having mental health issues. And, you know, that's that's not something that's, you know, and that, and having to go through all of that is a traumatic experience um, for her, which probably generated mental health issues with her as well um, and totally understandable. And I can see that if maybe she sought some grief counseling and some mental health support herself. That would be why the judge uh, went ahead and sentenced her to two years of probation versus, you know, putting in her in prison. Um, 
you know, so I can kind of understand that there. But yeah, like you, the, the point that you're trying to make in this is that, yes, they can be. And they have been. This is not the first case right. of situations where red flag laws have been weaponized. That's kind of why, you know, we, we, we kind of stand behind a, a, a little bit. We stand behind the way that Indiana does it. It requires a law enforcement investigation and... You know, you have a hearing within 14 days of the police talking to you and, and, you know, due process is, you know, kind of being followed in this particular situation, you know, um, so. But the way a lot of these red flag laws are written are just basically you could say that you because you don't like your neighbor and they have they own firearms, that they're a danger. Would it be fair to say that if due process was not avoided, a lot of mem- a lot of people in the Second Amendment community would be uh, on board with them. Yes, yes, that would be absolutely fair to say. I would say that anywhere from probably ninety to ninety-five percent of Second Amendment advocates, their only issue with red flag laws is the lack of due process. Yeah, because in most red flag situations, you don't even know you're being accused. Right. You know, nothing is happening until the cops show up on your door and say, we're here for your guns. Right. We got a warrant. Right. So, I mean, yeah, to us, you know, to us, like, and we've said this before, you put a red flag petition down and we look at it on paper. It looks good. You know, like, okay, this makes sense. But then when they start enacting them and then you realize, well, anybody can accuse you. Right. You know, you could have an ex-girlfriend that's PO'd at you and and accuses you. You could be have an angry family member, a teacher. I mean, mm-hmm. I saw a case in uh, Maryland where a teacher red flagged a parent for something her kids said. Right. You know, uh, the, the kids were talking about the Parkland shooting and the kid said something about, you know, well, man, what it would have been different if we had an armed teacher or something like that in that school. And then she red flagged her his dad. Right. And then the, the cops showed up at the dad's house. They're like, yeah, we're here for your guns. And he's like, for what? Well, your kid said this in school. Seriously? Right. And I'm not necessarily opposed to anybody being able to make the claim as long as there's due process involved. You know what I mean? Because... For example, this is why I don't have an issue with, with with anybody being able to make a claim. So let's say, for example, you know, you and I decide that we're, you know, you and I go into Jerry's gun shop and Jerry overhears me talking some nonsense. You know what I mean? I think he should be able to red flag me. You know what I mean? If I'm talking about, you know, going and shooting up somewhere or something like that, I think he should be able to red flag me. Now, with that being said, I also believe that due process needs to be exercised because he didn't hear the full extent of the conversation because we could have been talking about one of these cases as you and I often do. We talk about this stuff when we're hanging out. So if he only heard bits and pieces and it sounded sideways, Right. Yeah, he could say that. But in Indiana, the police would show up and start asking questions about the situation. And I could say, oh, yeah, I was hanging out with my buddy Jason. And this is what we were talking about. 
I lost you. You lagged there for a second, so I don't hear it. Don't know what you said. Uh, well, I said I completely agree with you mm-hmm. because you you froze here on my end too. Okay. Um, you know, I, I I would agree with you 100. percent You know, as long as due process is follow, followed, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. We just know that due process isn't being followed. There exactly. are there are congressmen that said I could get on board with this if due process wasn't being violated. Right. Because this isn't necessarily, you know, the whole concept of the red flag law argument isn't about necessarily the Second Amendment part of it. It's the Fourth Amendment part. Right. You know, it's the Fifth Amendment part. You don't, you know, it's the right to face your accuser. It's those things that are being violated. Exactly. You know, and and the would it be safe to say that the vast, vast majority of Second Amendment advocates also agree with ensuring that people that don't need firearms don't get them. Yeah, we're all for that. You know, you talk to anybody that's in the community, they'll flat out say, I don't want, you know, people that have, you know, suicidal tendencies to have a gun. Right. I, but again, that's that's something we, we have to address the mental health issue. And of course, Democrats won't touch that. Exactly. They're like, but, oh, no, it's, it's, it's a gun issue, not the mental health. It's absolutely 100% a mental health issue. You know, because I can remember still being in high school before Columbine, because before Columbine happened, kids went to school with rifles and shotguns and yeah. stuff in the, well, in the gun and, racks and in we their didn't cars. Have, and we didn't have school shootings like we do now. Mm-mm. Would you? Okay. Obviously, this this young man who lost his life, he, he was dealing with some mental issues. And, but, and it's tragic. But you do not charge a police officer with a bayonet. Right. I mean... Because yeah. that police officer has a right to defend his life as well. Exactly. And that's why this whole demonization of the cops thing, this is what drives me nuts with this, is because they have families to go home to as well. They have a right, right to protect their life as well. You know, they all think he charged Nick. How much damage could an eleven and a quarter inch bayonet do? Um, I, you know, I know you're asking me, but I will be honest with you. Given your military background, it's easier for you to answer that than it would be for me. <laughs> I, I can tell you this right now: a bayonet could do a lot of damage. Absolutely, bayonets are specifically designed so that when you stab somebody with it on the battlefield, it's incredibly difficult to patch up. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's it can do some damage. It's and not like your typical everyday this mother or something. Yeah, and this mother, God bless her, and I, I hope the best for her. I really do. But that officer has a right to defend himself too. It's not a case of he's just a racist cop that wanted to shoot your your son. It's your son charged him with a weapon. Right. You know, I'm sorry. Those are the facts. Again, I I wish her the best. God, I hope that, you know, God heals her pain. But I'm sorry. It wasn't the cop's fault. No. And, you know, the thing about it is, is while, yes, I understand that cops get up every day and they put on that uniform and, you know, stuff is going to happen within the course of their job. Get it. 100%. I totally understand where you're coming from. But that does not that doesn't mean that they get up every day and go to work expecting to die. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not part of their, you know, their job to die for you without at least trying to defend themselves. They still have the right to be able to try to, to keep that from happening. Will most right. police officers gladly lay down their life to protect someone? Yes. Yes, they will. But they're going to try to make sure that that doesn't happen either. You know, right. and they have the right for that. Right. All right, folks, when we get back from the break, uh, we're going to talk about Giffords. We'll be right back after this. The SAF is the most important gun rights organization in existence. Don't believe me? They are responsible for 80% of gun rights cases making their way through the courts right now, fighting to protect your right to keep and bear arms. Still don't believe me? Then head on over to saf.org, where you can read about the current cases open right now. You can also join the fight or donate to the cause. Protecting your rights, one lawsuit at a time. Visit saf.org today. Are you looking for an iconic firearm to add to your collection? Well, look no further than Beretta Firearms. Beretta is the oldest firearms manufacturer in the world, supplying firearms as far back as 1650. In fact, the Beretta 92FS was the primary sidearm for the U.S. Armed Forces. Beretta has all types of handguns, rifles, and shotguns to fit your needs, whether it be home defense or concealed carry. Handgun options include the 92, PX4 Storm, and the new APX series. Beretta is known for reliability and effectiveness. That's why so many military and law enforcement have relied on Beretta. Visit Beretta.com to view their selections. Beretta, win the fight. A big part of the concealed carry lifestyle is carrying your firearm at all times. This can be difficult if you don't have the right holster. I've tried many holsters with minimum success. Then I tried the cloak tuck, an inside the waistband holster made by Alien Gear Holsters. They also make the Shapeshift Holster Series, have lifetime warranties, and are made right here in the USA. Visit AlienGearHolsters.com to browse their selections and find the best holster for your lifestyle. This segment of the American Gun Show is brought to you by the Second Amendment Foundation. Join or donate at saf.org. Now back to the defender of your gun rights, Jason Reed. All right, folks, welcome back to the show. As a reminder, uh, you can follow us on all of the social media platforms. We are going to be putting out some new content here. Uh, coming up soon. You should see them on your screen. Uh, Nick, we're going to have a little bit of fun in this last segment here because uh, Giffords is vowing to punish the Republican Party for voting against the bipartisan gun control legislation. <laughs> oh, really? How are they going to do that? Uh, Giffords has vowed to pump $10 million into... Oh, hang on a second. $10 million into the uh, campaigns of Democrats who are challenging 
uh, House and Senate Republicans uh, this midterm election. Um, they apparently believe that because this bipartisan bill uh, got across the finish line, and I mean, as far as gun control goes, it is a weak bill, but it's still gun control. Right. I mean, it is pretty weak, but um, Giffords has never come across a uh, gun control they didn't like. And uh, we know that Giffords wants to take away our guns just like anybody else. And they're sitting here literally, we're go- they believe that the kitchen table issues that are across America is gun violence. I don't know about you, Nick, but when I sit down at the dinner table with my family, we're not talking about gun violence. We're talking about inflation and the cost of gas and things like that. We're talking about things like, um, how are we going to be able to afford to sit down here across the dinner table tomorrow? That's, that's the concern. You know what I mean? Or, or, or next week. Or how are you going to have gas to get to work? Right. I mean, that's you know, legitimate. Like there, there are people are, who can't do that. I, I've, I've already had, I've already offered to help some people giving them rides to work, you know, because they had to spend all their money on food and couldn't afford to go to work. Yeah. Those are the issues that I think a lot of Americans are having, but Giffords, they, again, they tend to think, oh, well, the issue that everybody's talking about is gun control. Gun control is never won on a national platform. Gun control might work in states like California and New York and Illinois. They don't work for the majority of the of the country. No. And, but Giffords is going to pump $10 million into trying to buy votes. Oh, oh absolutely. You're going to see the same thing with Bloomberg. You're going to see the same thing with Soros. Um, mm-hmm. Folks, let's make them waste their money again. Last year... Bloomberg, or in 2020, I should say, I shouldn't say last year. God, I wish it was 2019 all over again. Don't you? These are so much cheaper. I would would prefer to go back to to 2016 again. Yeah, 2016. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't want to go back Um, to 2019 because that's the start of COVID. I don't want to do that again. Yeah, that's a good point. I'd I'd like to go back to 2016 as well. That's a good point. Um, You know... Do these got you know, they tried to flip Texas in 2020. Bloomberg did. He spent mm. hundreds of millions of dollars to flip Texas and it didn't work. Right. And I chuckled. Oh, I did too. I, I love it when these, these people and Giffords falls under the same category as a Bloomberg. Mm-hmm. I know better for you. Right. That's why we call Bloomberg Nanny Bloomberg. We're going to start referring to Giffords as Nanny, Nanny Giffords. Right. And I know what people say to me. They're, Jason, she survived a mass shooting. She was shot in the head. I know. It was awful. I feel bad for her. Again, she was shot by a lunatic. And maybe if she had been armed in that particular situation, she might not have gotten shot. But again, when Gifford survived, and, you know, thank God she did. But when Gabby Gifford survived, oh, what did she do? Oh, she blamed every American that owns guns and the NRA for what happened to her. Hey, have, you, comment- have you got any of that uh, evidence of the NRA selling firearms? No, I'm, I'm still waiting. On Are David you Hall still waiting on that? Okay. I just wanted to, yeah, I I'm just still waiting to on David Hall to give it to me. I, have, I haven't got it yet. I've been asking him for three years now. Mm-hmm. Going on year four, actually, because 
right after uh, the Parkland, he made the, cl- the claim that the NRA wants to sell more guns. And I said, can you, if you can provide me evidence that the NRA sells guns, I will post on my Twitter feed, me turning over my guns to the North Jetson police department. There you go. And well, guess what? And, and the only reason why I bring that up is because Kathy Gifford, Gabby Giffords has made that claim. Bloomberg's made that claim. You know, every gun control group has all made that claim that the NRA is just selling guns. So. <laughs> yeah. I always ask with these gun control groups like uh, Giffords for gun safety. What gun safety are you actually teaching? Right. Are are you teaching them the four universal rules? Are you teaching them target acquisition? Are you teaching them how to properly hold a gun? Are you teaching them how to properly store a gun? Oh, that's right. No, you're teaching them that not having a gun is the safest that you will be. Right. Although, you know, meth head Mark over here, he's loaded to the teeth and he's a drug addict and you might have something he wants and he's going to kick in your door and you're going to go, Ah, please, please don't hurt me. I'm just going to say this, regardless of your beliefs, absolutely 100% regardless of, of your beliefs and whether or not you like guns or not, when meth head Mark kicks in your front door to come do you harm because he has completely lost touch of reality because he's been on a three day bender. All right. You're going to call someone with someone with a gun. And you're going to pray they get there in time. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to happen. Guaranteed. Unlike, unlike me, if meth head Mark kicks my door in, I'm going to light him up like a Christmas tree. It's going to be a cheesy situation. Well, it's like I said, you know, I, I made the statement like we, we were talking about that at work about people doxing me. And I said, well. They show up on my property and go to do violence. They're not going to survive the encounter. Oh, well, what makes you think that they're not going to survive the encounter? I know where to put bullets. You know, the fact of the matter stands is, is that you'll be able to meet your maker because it's going to be a holy experience. Yes. You are going in the forever box. Yeah. I don't put, you know, and there's millions of Americans that that's how, that's how we play the game. You know, we've we talked said, about- Go We've ahead. said often time on the show, my door isn't locked for my protection. Mm-mm. You know, you know I've said what was what was what was the comment that? Uh, remember, I did. I made told you the comment that my uh, my seventy five year old yeah. father said. The, the first, first three through the door. Gun, first three through the door. Better not be married and have kids. Yeah, and if you if you are going to come to my home, expecting to be able to do harm to me. The first three people that come through the door, I would tell you this right now. The first 14 people that come through my door better not have families because they're not going home to them. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this right now. The first 30 at my house. Yeah. The they're first not going 30. Home. And you better hope to God I don't have time to reload. Yeah, because there'll be a whole lot more. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that trip to the other side. I'm going to send a bus load. And it's, and look, you know, I, I know what the, there's going to be a hit piece written out tomorrow. Say they want to kill me. No, oh, I'm telling you right now, you leave me alone. I'm going to leave you alone. Mm-hmm. You come to my house looking for a problem. You're going to find it. 
Speaking of looking. <laughs> Speaking of looking. But yeah, I mean, that, that's just how we operate as, as who we are. You know, if you come to our house looking for a problem, you're going to find it. The reason why I said speaking of looking, Mina was standing like right there. She's looking for oh. something. <laughs> and I yeah. don't know what she's looking for. Yeah, I know how that goes. Well, we are about out of time. Nick, go ahead and tell people where they can find you. Right here. Center, centerpiece show at gmail.com. I don't do the political thing all the time. You know, I actually do. I am involved on Twitch now doing some uh, retro video game speed running, uh, primarily Super Metroid. So you can find me on there. I don't have a problem with talking about it on my stream. I will talk about it, um, you know, as long as you want to try to maintain and keep it respectful. I'm cool with that, too. But, you know, if you have any questions, comments, you want to send me some hate mail right there is where you send me the hate mail. It's right there at the bottom of the screen. Well, uh, that, that will probably be changing here soon because uh, we, we're going to make a big announcement on the weekend. Uh, yeah. Nick, you're already, on, you're already in the loop on it, but our viewers right. aren't. But uh, we will be, uh, we'll be making an announcement this weekend, and uh, you know, we'll be taking it from there. But uh, sorry, guys, you're going to have to wait till Sunday yeah. to find out. I mean, I can't do nothing about that. I mean, I, it, I'm bound. Well, and we're busy Friday and Saturday, to be quite honest with well, you. I got an 18-year-old well, yeah. daughter that's got an open house on Saturday, so it's not going to be on Saturday. Yeah, and I got an 18 sort of goddaughter that I got to go to her graduation. <laughs> <laughs> right, and you'll be so, there. I mean, I mean, the only nice thing for you is you get out of work Friday. I still have to work, so, I mean. Right. At least that's the nice part, but, hey, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm I'm, I'm glad uh, she's uh, uh, that she's graduated. Uh, Nick's daughter graduated high school on to the next step in her life. So congratulations for that. Uh, mm -hmm. All right, folks, that's going to do it. We will see you Sunday night. Same time, same bat channel right here on the American gun show until we meet again. Take care of one another. Stay safe. And remember it's our rights, our fight.